You're listening to the Northfield Radio Program, where faith, family, and culture all collide with the biblical worldview. There is a war that's raging for the hearts and the minds and the spirits of men and women. And you and I, as Christians, are on the forefront of that battle. The question is, what will you do? To find out more about the Northfield Radio Program and Caleb Gordon, go to www.calebgordon.com. Hey everybody, welcome to the Northfield Radio Program. My name is Caleb Gordon. I'm your host for the Northfield Radio Program. So excited that you're here with us today. Um, man, snow is still here. Uh, it is <laughs> It is quite the snowpocalypse. We haven't had snow this crazy in quite a while, but uh, hey, uh, I think we're starting to melt off. Uh, soon, the temperatures are going up, so that's good. So things are going to start melting off, but hey... Still great, a great time for you to go get uh, a caffeinated beverage from Outpost Coffee. These guys have amazing caffeinated beverages. Uh, you do not want to miss out. Check these guys out at outpostcoffeeco.com. Well, on today's program, I want to talk about what's going on in the news, what's going on in the world in which we live. Uh, first and foremost, the first thing I want to talk about is the passing of Rush Limbaugh. Man, a radio titan. Let me just say, the reason I love to do radio, <clears throat> I grew up on this stuff. My my mom and dad listened to Rush when I was a kid, and I I mean, he's had a 32-year career. He's been in radio for 32 years, and this week with his passing, I mean, just the passing of a radio legend. Like, the guy was a legend. He literally sat on the mic and for three hours and, and did what a lot of people just can't do and he was entertaining he was informative and set the tone for podcasting for radio for everything means i mean the reason i do i mean one of the reasons i am even in radio and, and is because of that man i i grew up on that stuff loved rush limbaugh uh, so prayers to, for his family and for those that uh i know and they're going to be affected by him not being here anymore. So, what a what a what a legend, a legend. So, that's the first thing I wanted to hit on. Uh, but man, this week interesting things coming out of the world in which we live. We're I keep saying the net is closing in. Things are starting to line up. Think pieces are starting to really begin to come together. Um, in Canada this week, there was a pastor who was put in jail for preaching the gospel. The pastor's name is James Coates. He is a pastor of Grace Life Church near Edmonton, uh, Canada. He turned himself in to authorities after holding an in-person, in-person worship service. I mean, I, I need you to understand. So it's against the law to gather and... Um, worship in Canada and they're using it under the guise of oh, COVID-19 but we're also beginning to see everything starting to open back up now that you know the agenda has been set and now they're saying oh we can start opening stuff up it's not as bad as we originally thought and so there's but they still have this this clamp and this control in Canada and Christians are being persecuted. You say, oh, this isn't persecution. This is his own fault because he decided to break the law. Guys, here's the thing. What needs to happen is Christians 
their first obedience is to the Lord. And what is his command? Do not neglect to meet together. Regardless of what's going on in the world, the church doesn't stop gathering. The church doesn't stop doing what it's supposed to be doing. The church should gathering, should be worshiping together. And it, it, it is necessary that the church stay together and to continue to worship. So he, that's what he um, said, was that he needs to obey the Lord first. Um, but he is presently in jail, uh, awaiting his bond hearing. And I just, this thing is insane, what happened. And you, and you know, had you said this two years ago, said, man, there's going to be Canadian pastors thrown in jail. I would have said maybe. But you said, well, it'll never happen in America. Guys, it can happen, and I believe it's soon going to start happening, where we're going to, they're, and they're going to use the guise of some man-made whatever, like COVID, and they're going to take this thing like, and they're going to run with it, and they're going to throw people that, you know, they're already beginning the process of, of Christians, conservatives, anybody that supported Trump, anybody that supports a conservative worldview or a biblical worldview, they're marked as enemies of the state. And so... What is happening in the moment right now is we are seeing uh, the net closing in. But I told you that the pieces are lining up. Things are beginning to take place um, that, that are going to need to take place in order for there to be a global government. I keep talking about the Great Reset, but this is it's front page news. The Great Reset is beginning. Like they're they're moving the places the pieces into place to get the great reset. So we have a global currency, a global government, a global governess. Um, Russia could become. I'm reading this off of the Sun uh, website. Russia could become the first country to make their entire currency digital. So no more paper money. Everything is a digital setup, a digital footprint. Um, Discussions are underway to launch the digital ruble with local banks and the country's financial watchdogs have reportedly said it would present a more detailed concept for this by the summer. And here's what I can hear is people going, oh no, here goes Caleb with his crazy prophecy conspiracy theories. Okay, listen, I'm not trying to be the prophecy conspiracy guy. I'm just going off of what people are saying what leadership is saying in the world that they want to set up this great reset like that's the idea and they've used covid they've used all the things that have happened in the last 12 months in our world to literally realign everything and, and this is the thing i predicted this i said this back march of 2020 i said that man i think the goal is to realign everything they want to re- they want to reset and realign everything i just took what people said like what government leaders said and applied just some common sense logic to it and say, okay, what's the end goal? What's the end game here? What do they want to have done? Well, the stated goal is that they want to have a global government. Why? Because it has to be this way. There's a direction here. We're being, we're, God's moving the pieces in for the end to be ta- taking place, for the end to happen. Like it's coming. Regardless of whether or not we want it or believe it, and so I don't believe in it, Caleb. I don't believe that this is happening. Well, okay, I'm just seeing what's taking place and just saying, okay, this is what I think is happening. Move it towards a one world system so that there can be an antichrist 
global leader come on the scene and run the whole thing would not shock me in the least because look at i mean economically everyone's in trouble america's in trouble europe's in trouble asia's in trouble you name it south america every country every continent every one of these major countries in the world have an economic issue there's some sort of a problem that is manifesting itself in one way or another like there's just not enough money at the end of the day like they don't have enough cash in order to make things work as they should so there's got to be some sort of a reset button that's hit in order to um, set things back or set things up for control there's got to be some sort of level of control and man they're using COVID-19 globally as a control mechanism like there's just this huge like there's uh, right now in uh, Romania there's humongous protests gigantic protests over COVID restrictions over not being able to, to get out of the house. And I started the program talking about this pastor. Like he he had a all he did. Like he is a graduate from the Master's Seminary, John MacArthur's um, Seminary in California, uh, James Coates, and he is um, he's a pastor of this Grace Life Church in Canada. And all he did, he did nothing wrong other than hold a worship service. And now because he held a worship service and preached the gospel, he is now. <laughs> He is now being thrown under the bus and put in prison. Now, this summer, this past summer, they had thousands upon thousands in the streets protesting George Floyd uh, in the midst of all of the coronavirus pandemic stuff. Nobody talked about that. There wasn't, you know, leaders thrown in jail over that. They just let them do it because, well, we can't say anything. But man, if it's a Christian who is preaching the gospel, by golly, we can throw them and throw the book at them. He's at least 25 to life. Why? Because he was preaching the gospel. And the enemy doesn't want the gospel preached. The enemy does not want the word of God proclaimed, doesn't want the gospel preached to the masses. Because that's the hope of this world. That's the hope for our world. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the hope. And so there's a double standard that's laid out. And when you have the conversation with any leftist, any Marxist, any socialist, and try to lay out logic... They immediately pull the, you're a racist. They don't have a conversation of anything else. They say, man, you're just a racist. And so in our country, we're in our education system. They are realigning. Uh, you have, they have critical race theory that takes place in our public education system. Where if you're a white male who is a Christian, you are told that you are an oppressor. You're wicked. You're heinous. You're horrible. You should have so much shame because you're white and a Christian. Um, what in the world? Like that sounds very racist. That sounds like crazy. That that <laughs> if, if if that was reversed, and someone said uh, somebody else with another skin color was an oppressor because of their skin color. We would immediately go, wait a minute, that's wrong. <clears throat> you can't say that. That's not right. But because white males who are Christians are viewed as the oppressor by the media, therefore, that's okay to say. Therefore, that's okay to just throw under the bus whoever you want to throw under the bus uh, that fits that criteria. Well, that, that, and then here's the thing. That's being pushed out in our education system. 
our American public education system right now is teaching our babies this Marxist agenda. What do we do? How do we, what should we, what should be our response to that? Well, if you can pull your kids out of that system, you should. Like that's happening right now where we live. You don't think it's not happening? Not in Oklahoma. That would never happen. It's being taught in the public education system in Oklahoma right this very moment. The idea that because your skin color is different than someone else's, you are evil. Like, where does that come from? What's the who's the author of this kind of insanity? Well, the devil. The devil wants to separate and divide. And if he he wants to separate people based upon their colors and their 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 ethnicities, their their backgrounds. Regardless, he wants to separate and divide because he knows if he can separate and divide people, man, he can conquer. That's that's a that's a foundational biblical principle. If you separate a house, a house divided, it's going to fall. And get ready, things are things are getting dicey. But man, here's what I know for sure is that Jesus Christ is on his throne. Jesus Christ reigns supremely over all things. All things Christ rules and reigns supremely. So because of that fact, what is our, what's our goal? What's our stated goal? Well, to go make disciples. That's, that's it. Um, if I believe that Christ is coming again, which I do, and I believe Christ is on his way, it behooves me to tell people about the coming of Christ the first time. If I believe he's coming a second time, I will be adamantly, I will be on fire to want to share this information. Um, I use this illustration sometimes in messages that I give. Um, <clears throat> right now in Bartlesville, there are uh, celebrities that are coming in. They're going to be filming a movie, and, and they're going to be um, making making a film right now. If you got a phone call from one of those stars, one of the stars happens to be Leonardo DiCaprio. If Leonardo DiCaprio called you up and said, hey, listen, I want to let you know that I'm going to be hanging out with you this afternoon, or hey, I'm going to swing by your house, or hey, I wanted you to meet me for coffee. Um, there would be no l- level of you being quiet about it. You would want to take pictures. You would want to tell everyone. You'd put it on your social media. You would tell people about the encounter you had and the experience you had of hanging out with Leonardo DiCaprio. Now, that being said, the God of the universe Jesus Christ steps into your story, redeems, reconciles, and forgives you, sets you on the path to eternal life, gives you heaven as a home. And we live in a world where nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to be vocal about their faith. Most, I mean, there's a, a majority of people that are in the church are not interested in sharing their faith on a large scale level nobody's interested in having conversations and talking to people in their workplaces about who jesus is why because we're afraid that we're going to be labeled as a right-wing extremist 
anyone who shares their faith, they're they're concerned mostly about um, being called a fanatic or a religious zealot or something of that nature. So they don't want to rock the boat. Most people just don't want to rock the boat. They think, man, okay, I'm saved. I'm going to live in my little corner of the world. I got my family. I got my my friends, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to be that guy. When in reality, there are thousands of people in this town, thousands of people that are within the sound of my voice that are on their way to hell. And I mean, I just, I even feel convicted about this because I I don't talk about Christ as much as I should. And I talk about Jesus a lot, but I don't share my faith with people when I interact with him. If I truly believe that, man, you're on your way to hell, then why in the world am I so quiet? Why in the why in the world am I keeping my mouth shut for so long if I believe genuinely that people are on their path to hell? Like that's not loving of me if I know something about someone like that and don't try to steer them or at least try to tell them the good news of who Jesus is. I mean, I, I just we tell everybody about everything we do. Um, several years ago, we went to Disney World. And in preparation for that, man, we, we were we were watching videos. We were talking about it. When we got back, me, my wife and I's Facebook pages were both just filled with pictures of us in uh, in the the Magic Kingdom, all through the different places in um, Disney World. People knew about it. We we shared stories about it. We shared pictures. We talked about it. We made plans. We talked about what we're going to do when we get there. And it was just, I mean, we made all kinds of plans about what we're going to do. But yet, (laughs) when it comes to the idea of Jesus and eternity and heaven and salvation, so many of us are not willing to have the conversation. Uh, This is something I think needs to be changed. This is something I think needs to be different about believers. We need to take seriously the Great Commission. When Jesus said, go make disciples, it wasn't a suggestion. It was, hey, get get going. Find somebody. Share the gospel with somebody. Make a disciple of someone. And that re- that requires us not to be ashamed. Paul says in Romans chapter 1, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So what's the, what's the idea here? That... Paul understood in Romans chapter 1, he understood that he was a debtor. In fact, in Romans chapter 1, it says, I am a debtor. So therefore, I am obligated to preach the gospel. Because why? He knew who he was before Christ. He knew exactly who he was and what um, what the consequences were for him outside of Christ. He knew that he was an enemy of God before Jesus interacted with him. And he knew that he was... A, <laughs> he was a he was a troublemaker, and so he says, "Man, because of what Christ has done on my behalf, redeeming, reconciling, forgiving, setting me on a redemptive path. Therefore, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm going to preach it. I'm obligated to preach it. Why? Because of what Jesus has done on my behalf. I can guarantee you, in an earthly earthly realm, if someone saved you." from impending doom, you would not be quiet about that story. You'd be like, man, listen, Chuck down the street. I mean, he saved my life. I mean, he stepped in and at just the right time, he stepped in and saved my life. We tell people about it. According to Romans chapter seven, it tells us, or Romans um, chapter five, sorry, says that Jesus at just the right time 
steps in and dies for the ungodly. He took the ungodly's place. He redeems and reconciles and sets us on a path of, of, of redemption. Like that's news that needs to be broadcast to the world. That's information that needs to be shared with everyone around us. But yet where we are, we're quiet. And guys, I'm telling you, there's coming a day when the ark, the, as, to, illustrate, to use the illustration of Noah, when God closed the door on the ark, there was no more salvation. There's coming a day when the ark's going to close. Like, and, and bottom line, um, every one of us in this that's listening, we have an expiration date. If Christ doesn't come for another 10,000 years, I still die. You still die. And regardless, at the end of the day, when all of this is said and done, you and I are going to have an interaction. We're going to have a confrontation with Christ. And if it's if if you are not under the blood of Christ and you have not repented and believed in what Jesus has done on your behalf, and you have said, man, not me. No, I'll just take a form of godliness. Oh, man, Romans chapter 8 will not apply to you. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 says, There is now no condemnation for those that are in Christ. So logic tells us those that are outside of Christ, there will be condemnation that is for real. It'll happen. So what do we do? What's our, what's our directive here? Well, we have to put our hope and our trust and our faith in Christ. We've got to repent and believe. Jesus tells us that to repent and believe. How's that work? First John 1 John 1.9 says, If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all of your unrighteousness. Romans chapter 10 says, If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is, was raised from the dead, you will be saved. Like if you believe who Jesus said he was, and you put your hope and your trust and your faith in who Jesus said he was, and you repent of your sins, you're saved. But not by my authority or power, but by the authority and the power of God's word. He told us, he wrote us a letter and said, this is how you find redemption. This is how you find forgiveness. But man, so many of us love our sin more than we love Jesus. And so what's, what's the admonition? What's the challenge for us today? Stop loving your sin more than you love Christ and run towards him. Repent of your sins and run towards Jesus, the Savior who is willing, able, and ready to forgive and to change your life. It will never be the same, guys. I can promise you that much. Well, I love you all so much. Um, as we continue our, our, our journey this week, I pray that you would keep your focus on Christ. Keep your gaze fixed upon Jesus. And as the world's news swirls and, and, and crazy and, and things that are concerning, keep your focus on him. And as a result of that, your foundation, you're anchored into a solid foundation. And it will not waver. Love you all. Have a great week. This program has been brought to you by DSR, a technology company that has been investing in Bartles of the Families for over 35 years. DSR, we deliver technology.